Howdy, everyone. Welcome to Unsafe Space. You're watching Kofefi Break Live. It is Friday, October 9th. That sounds like a good date. It's Friday, October 9th. And uh, I'm Carter Laren, and I'm joined by my lovely co-host in a very fancy hat today, Carrie Smith. Yes. Carrie. Hi, Carter. I just want to start by saying preemptively happy birthday. Tomorrow is Carrie's birthday, everyone. And I'm allowed to say it on air. I asked her beforehand, so... Uh, she's going <laughs> to be 29 again, like you do. right? It's, it's yeah. her 29th birthday is tomorrow. Uh, I am. That's why I'm wearing my fancy hat. I never get to wear these on the show. I just wear my regular ones, but, uh, I figured why not? It's my birthday week. Uh, welcome guys. <laughs> it's your birthday week. <laughs> is that a, is that a female thing? Cause my wife has birthday weeks too. And they've, they've now they've been coming birthday months. Yeah, <laughs> like there's like no holds barred with food or anything. It's birthday month. <clears throat> October is just a great month in general because nice there's, time. yeah, there's my birthday, there's Halloween, my, uh, several birthdays of people I love, and then uh, also my one year sobriety dates coming up soon. And I just love f- the fall. I think it's I think I have memories of when I was young in high school in the marching band at the football games fall like september october it's always a great time sitting in the stands playing sweet child of mine so i love them i love this month <laughs> all righty <laughs> i you know what i i liked the fall but i don't we don't have it here in california in the same way as when i where i grew up it was upstate new york so it was all the trees would turn and it would be beautiful and uh it would be great but the only thing that would suck was i had to rake the lawn but other than that uh, but California, it's like it just gets slightly colder and yeah. crappier. It's like eh, that's yeah. one thing I missed. I, I really enjoyed the the weather in Los Angeles. The years that I lived there, it was very polite weather. But it's always polite weather, and you really, right. I think, time moves a little bit faster when you don't have the changing in the seasons. And I really missed fall, so yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm enjoying it now. Anyway, well. Happy uh, happy birthday. For those of you who would like Thank to you. support us, you can go to unsafespace.com slash donate. Uh, we, are, we have set up on Subscribestar a monthly donation goal, which we're about halfway to, which is good. Uh, so if you want to support us there, you can do that. Um, and if you don't want to support financially or can't support financially, just like, share, and subscribe. I've noticed our subscriber count stalled out, and I was like, oh, well, that happens. You know, channels grow and then they, they stop for a moment and you plateau but someone asked me a very obvious question which i hadn't thought of which was are you sure youtube's not just unsubscribing people <laughs> and i realized oh yeah they do they do that so make sure you're still subscribed if you think you're subscribed <laughs> go double check because they unsubscribe beverly i know i think they unsubscribed you at one point carrie right so they did unsubscribe my personal account from unsafe space yes <laughs> yeah so <laughs> you may not actually be like, subscribed wait. That's my podcast. You unsubscribe me from it. <laughs> yeah, you don't. It's self hatred. Um, and also, as a reminder, we have our next book club is Screw Tape Letters. The Screw Tape Letters, which is on October eighteenth, which is Sunday, and um, and also not this Sunday, I hope, because I haven't started the book. Next Sunday. No. And uh, Sunday. the one after that is November twenty second, which is the Management of Savagery by Max Blumenthal. I know we said we were going to start doing at least picking a couple books in advance so you could have advance warning. So that's the one for November 22nd. It's the management of savagery. So all that stuff is on unsafespace.com. So you can go check it out. I'm very excited about the management of savagery. It's 
about U.S. interventions in the Middle East. And it's a lot of facts and information that I I don't know. I'm not very familiar with any of that stuff. So I'm really happy that you guys wanted to read this with me as part of book club. (laughs) So I'm not just reading it alone. It should be good. I don't know much about it either. Um, So and I don't think it's like a I don't think it's a a right wingy kind of book. It's more. It's more no, Max Blumenthal is on the gray zone. I would I thought I thought he was progressive. I know we had some disagreement about this. I thought he was on the left. But I thought he was way, a Lincoln Republican, but I have no idea. But uh, it doesn't really matter. It's it's fascinating stuff. Um, oh, oh, one more thing I'm going to forget if I don't say. Uh, we have several new shirt designs in the shop on unsafespace.com at your request. So we have the Think Dangerously uh, shirt. We have Mostly Peaceful shirt. We have an Intermittent Frivolity <laughs> shirt, which I am loath to promote. And we have... Uh, Wait, what's the Let other one that I'm missing? It. Huh? The, inter- the Intermittent Frivolity <laughs> shirt is amazing. It's a picture of Carter. Who did the art on this? It's Carter with a party Beverly hat Beverly did on. the art, I think. Beverly did the art. Yeah. And he's wagging his finger because you only get Intermittent Frivolity. Anyway, I love that shirt. I know I know you have issues with it because it's your face. But Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and there's a, an F around and find out shirt, I think, was the last one. So. New stuff. Let's do a few super chats before we even start because people are wishing you a happy birthday. So let's pull those up. Oh, thank you, guys. Uh, B. Allen. Thank you. Can you see B. Allen's? You want to read or you want me to read? No, I can't see it. You read it. Carrie, have an RC and a moon pie. Happy birthday. Oh, <laughs> hey. In my world, we had, thank you, B. Allen, uh, in South Carolina. I don't know if this is a South Carolina thing or just my a thing my grandma did. We would have Dr. Peppers and moon pies. Oh, that's better. But, yeah. I love Dr. Peppers. All right. Allison Johnson says, happy birthday to a fellow anthropology major. Oh, thank you, Allison. And cool. Pirate Tomsky, who I'm, I've been assured is a real life pirate, says happy birthday, or sorry, says birthday gift for Carrie and gives us five pounds. Gives you thank five. you. So thank you, guys. Thank you very much. Um, um, okay. Today, I... I I think you know I have a lot to talk about. <laughs> we'll try to get it done in two hours. We, um, we can. We can't wait. Wait, one more super chat because it's unrelated to any news. I just want to get it out of the way. Right. And I don't know what it means. Mandy says, Carter representing House Hufflepuff. Welcome to the basement, <laughs> Andrew Carey. I don't know that what any of that means. Get it. Let me interpret. House okay. Hufflepuff. I didn't even read these books or watch the movies, but I know that's a reference to Harry Potter. Yeah, I I, look, I I think I know it's a reference to Harry Potter, but I don't understand what what it is. It sweater, sweater. You look like you're in House Hufflepuff. Is this how they? And, this is what they wear. Sweaters like this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Thank What's you. What's the Mandy. basement? Welcome to the basement. I don't know what that means. Um, thank you guys. Okay, stuff to talk about. Take it away. I know Harry. you have two things up, but can we talk about the most? Should we save the most important one for last or do it now? I don't care. Orders, orders are relevant to me. So whatever you want to do. Okay. I just sent you an article. I read this one right before we started. And unfortunately, I didn't get it to you until as we were starting. It's a headline in the Wall Street Journal. And this is, for those of you who've been around for a while, you know, we used to do kind of this series where we were doing updates on what we called the purge and on social media censorship 
you know, big social actively taking a part in, in not delivering us search information on Google, but delivering a search, search results that they want us to see. Basically big social dictating what we should see and trying to influence our opinions and our vote. And we've covered several things that have happened in the past two years. One of those things being Google admitting on camera, they had a Google executive on camera, on hidden camera saying that after the last election, Google's decided it's their number one priority to make sure Trump doesn't get elected again. And everything they're doing is to make sure people don't vote for Trump. They admitted this. I didn't need them to admit it, but to know that, but they admitted it. And the weird thing is people will watch that hidden camera footage and they will still choose to stay in denial. It, it blows my mind. Anyway, this is an update on all the kind of censorship we're seeing from big social. Twitter has now said there, the headline, Twitter slows down retweets ahead of US election. Social media company to make sweeping changes to how posts are shared, including making it harder for certain content to go viral. And by certain, we mean wrong thing. Yeah. Can you read just a couple? Yeah, parts I don't have a this? Wall Street Journal subscription, so I can just read the beginning. Um, okay. Twitter Inc. will make it harder for posts to go viral ahead of the U.S. election, including by putting limits on how users can retweet. The moves unveiled Friday, which also include pointing users viewing certain tweets to credible content. Uh oh. Incredible content. Who decides are, what's credible content? Yeah, are among the boldest yet for the social media platform and are designed to slow the spread of wrong think. Oh, sorry, misinformation. 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 I read that incorrectly. Uh, yeah. Where users previously hit a button to reshare or re retweet items, they will now be directed to a screen that won't. Oh my God. This is the, by the way, just from a business engineering perspective, this is the worst. We've added steps so that you can't do the fundamental thing that makes our platform valuable. Uh, sorry. Yes. <laughs> they will now be directed Basically. to a screen that will encourage adding commentary before resharing posts. If users don't write anything, their posts will still appear as traditional retweet, but the change adds some extra friction in the process. Yes. Yes, it does. Twitter will start experimenting with this change for some users later on Friday and we'll roll it up. That's, I mean, I don't know. I think this is stupid, but is it just doing it for certain? I'll be curious if they're just adding this interstitial to all retweets, which I would say is not ideological. I mean, it might be motivated by ideology, but isn't an ideological move. Or if they're just going to have the interstitial for tweets that are wrong think tweets, which is what I suspect will happen. I suspect the same. They're only, they're going to, of course, this is going to be ideological based on everything we've seen from them and the other social media companies over the past four years. They target conservatives. They also target liberals who are not woke. Um, they target anyone who supports the president and who has a following or grows a following just based on the past, based on the people we know they've permabanned like our friend Mike Harlow for no reason. They're going after wrong thinkers. There's no way they're going to apply this across the board. I cannot see that happening. Yeah, so, I, I don't. I, there we go. <laughs> this, it's, yeah, anything they don't. It, it, Trump's, Trump's retweets will have an interstitial and uh, anything Kamala Harris yeah. says will be. <laughs> it'll be, there'll be a prompt. Do you want to auto retweet Kamala Harris? <laughs> yes. But more importantly, more importantly, they, they know that in 2016 election, Social media, viral posts, 
this sort of actual resistance. It's funny they try to use the word resistance when they are the status quo and they're supported by the media and every major corporation, but they want us to believe they're the resistance. No, the resistance, people who were producing their own content, independent content like ours, um, all of those people who were hugely or highly influential in the 2016 election, they've systematically taken those people out and deplatformed them. They targeted them specifically. They went after Alex Jones. They went after Milo, Gavin McGinnis, Laura Loomer. They took all of those people down. They went after Paul Joseph Watson. They've tried to remove them from every major social media platform in advance of this election. And then what's happened is there are new voices cropping up. And so what have they tried to do? They're trying to cut those people off at the knee before they can accrue the large following that those wrong thinkers from 2016 had. So they ba- they prematurely, they preemptively ban people like Mike Harlow because they can see that he's going to go big. Like yeah. that, this is what they're doing. And now, and now they're basically saying, who, who do you think they're going to target with this? Who's retweet? It's anything that has the potential to go viral and be damaging to Joe Biden or to produce a groundswell for Trump. They are doing their best to fight the meme war by censoring who gets to do memes by censoring that kind of viral content. And I, I, I wanted to talk about this because I know many so-called liberals who I can recall several times in the past four years supporting this increasing censorship from Big Brother. I, I'm thinking of one guy in particular who, when Alex Jones was first deplatformed from every platform except Twitter and then Twitter followed suit, he was circulating a petition to try and get him hey, it's not good enough that he's banned from every social media platform. Let's get him off Twitter too. And I remember asking him at the time, like, do you really consider yourself a liberal? You're supporting censorship. I'm thinking of those people right now. I'm thinking you are responsible for this. And, and you're not behaving like a liberal. You're behaving like the sheep in Animal Farm who are easily manipulated by authoritarians, by power-hungry authoritarians. You're not the resistance. You're not liberals. You're asleep and you're doing the bidding of those in power, I, I, I don't know how you sleep at night. I think I also think, are you so short-sighted that you can't see down the road, that you honestly think that you're okay with this happening when it targets people that you don't like or people you think you don't like, and you can't imagine it ever being turned against you and being used against you? you you're blind. So That's why I hate democracy. I'm sorry. I'm on a bit of a rant. It's a great rant. So I, I totally agree. This is why I hate democracy. I, most people are, I know that people don't like when you say sheeple or whatever, because it sounds trite, but, uh, yeah, most people are just sheep and they're easy, easily manipulated. And, uh, that includes the hashtag resistance. In fact, they're some of the, the easiest to manipulate. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. tired of it, and the I don't resistance. want those people voting against my rights, which they do regularly. So, uh, they're yeah. they are the argument against democracy. That's all, that's all I have to say. Uh, but all of those, all of those pink pussy hat wearing resist. It's the resistance brought to you by Citibank and McDonald's. The resistance incorporated. I know. Be if an alien came down, they would be like, "Why are they all wearing the same uniform?" Oh, they're the they're the. <laughs> Those are the independent thinkers. Those are the resistance. The alien's brain would explode. Oh, what? Those are independent <laughs> thinkers resisting the tyranny. Of, what? What are they doing? Like, gosh. <laughs> By the way, marionettes. Um, just to be clear, Jason, uh, Jason says that uh, it's 
<clears throat> all Twitter, not just certain tweets. They're just doing it everywhere, which I think is more fair. But I just tried it, and I didn't see it. So I don't know. Maybe it's not rolled out everywhere yet. But um, even if it starts everywhere, I wouldn't put it past them to start no. moving. You know, you know, selectively applying you know it. how they're going. You know what else is supposed to apply to everyone? Their whole TOS. Their TOS right. is supposed exactly. to apply to everyone. Yeah. It doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> They selectively apply it for certain people. Why, yeah, would, you, why would you? Oh, oh, thank you. You're applying this to everyone. Unlike the entire your entire <laughs> terms of service, you're gonna you're gonna be fair on this one. Yeah, right. Yeah, they'll find some way to selectively apply it, even if it's meant for everyone. I'm sure. But uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> we talked about what Dick Costello said the other day. The former CEO of Twitter. I mean, he was the guy that was literally saying. The, the capitalists should be taken out and shot. This is the this is the ideology of of these people. The the stop thinking that big companies are necessarily pro liberty just because they like making money. Uh, making money doesn't mean they're pro liberty or that they care about capitalism in some abstract sense. They just want to make money. Uh, and frankly, getting in bed with the government and having uh, one giant uh, government insured monopoly. And a revolving door between you and regulators is a great way to make money if that's all you care about. Um, so, yeah. <clears throat> yeah I, speaking I'm, of, I'm with you. Speaking of making money, mm -hmm. the next two stories, or two of the ones I want to talk about, <laughs> involve, guess what? Huge corporations supporting the woke hashtag resistance. <laughs> I can't say it with a straight face. Um, yeah, these two are very concerning. Well, which one do you want? So, do you want dolls or food? What do you uh, want first, Carrie? Let's okay. Let's start with a company that is uh, engaging in cultural indoctr indoctrination in the service of selling more product because they view it as being, uh, which it is. Wokeism is mainstream now. This racist ideology is mainstream. If it okay, wasn't so, mainstream, they wouldn't so be now, doing it. Right, they wouldn't be doing it. So let's start with that one. All right. This is indoctrination of children, by the way. Here you go. Uh, here's, can we, I, it's an ad, so we should be able to play an ad without getting copyright hits, right? Here's Barbie. <laughs> Hold on here. So there is a huge movement going on. People, millions of people across the world are standing up to fight against racism. And they're doing this because too often and for such a long time, people have been treated unfairly and in some cases even hurt by others because of the color of their skin. This stuff isn't easy to talk about, which is exactly why we have to talk about it. It's a tough conversation, but I'm glad we're having it. People might think that my life looks fine, but the truth is I and so many it? other black people have to. <laughs> Will you pause it? Look, yeah, at, look at woke Barbie's eyes when her black friend is talking, she puts on these real sad eyes, like, I pity you. <laughs> She's got it's sympathetic eyes. Yeah, she does. Yeah. You know, I was going to ask a question, Carrie. Is it what? me or the, the voices? <laughs> there, is a, there is a female woke voice, which is everywhere. And as soon as I hear it, it's very clear. This is the female woke voice. And they both have it. I don't know if anyone else has noticed this, but there's something about the way they speak and how they like how they emphasize words it, like it just it's the female woke pleading voice and yeah. it's, i hate it and they both both 
Voice actors are doing the same thing. They have they both have the leftist woke voice going on. Yes, and they have the they have the pleading voice and they have the sympathetic eyes. Wait, before you hit play, right. yeah. this is not a super chat, but somebody said where'd it go? Rodrigo Seraphim says Shut up, Barbie. Let the doll of color speak. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, let's enough right, white explaining from Barbie. <laughs> All the time. It's really hurtful and it can be scary and sad. And I wanted to share some stories about that today. Barbie and I had a sticker selling contest on the beach last month. We split up and went different directions to see who could sell the most. Well, while I was on the boardwalk, beach security stopped me three times. What? They asked me all these questions over and over, and they even called my mom. <gasps> I never told you, but that's why I sold a few stickers that day. I have a quick question. This is a technical <laughs> question. Why do yeah. they need jump cuts and animation to, like, you animated this. Why can't it be smooth? Why is there, like, three <laughs> sentences, like, three words and then a cut? I don't understand. How <laughs> retarded are you, Mattel? I think maybe they're trying to make it look like a real video with real humans that has jump cut. Like, what are you doing? It's animated. <laughs> Wait, I saw somebody in the comments said. The security officer like thought she, I was doing something bad. Sorry, Wait, go ahead. I saw someone in the comments said, it sounds like she sold fewer stickers than Barbie and wanted to come up with an excuse. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. I hate when the boardwalk cops stop me because... <clears throat> That right, happens right. all the time. Yeah, I'm it's sure. a it's yeah. a common problem in the black community common. is is yeah. selling stickers on the boardwalk and getting stopped by <laughs> cops. I hear about it all the time. Uh, so <laughs> let's see her next. By the way, her next problem is even more severe. Here we go. Bad, even though I was doing exactly what you were doing. And remember <laughs> when we were going to join that French honor club at school? Mm hmm. Well, I made a perfect score on the entrance test, but when the teacher, who didn't know me at all, gave me my results, he told me I only did well because I got lucky. He said he... <laughs> that happens <laughs> all the time. When you get right. perfect scores on French tests, the teacher looks at your skin color and says, I guess you must have gotten lucky because you're black. <laughs> and luck is right. how you pass French tests. <laughs> right. Right. I just... This is I the, don't understand. What, this is not even a... This is... It's funny, but it's also it's so disconcerting because they're trying to program children's minds and tell you this is how the world is. They have such a dark vision of how the world is, such a such a view that they want you to take this and internalize it and believe this to be true. And if you're not white, they want you to go into every circumstance with a chip on your shoulder, automatically assuming that anything negative that happens to you in your life is because of your race. Sometimes it, it will be. Sometimes it won't be. They want you to always think it's because of your race. The same way if you're a woman, they want you to think it's always because of your sex. They're trying to internalize victimhood. And then what they're doing to white people is trying to internalize this pitying, condescending savior <laughs> attitude. It, it, it's so condescending. It, it's introducing an element of of unequalness in their in Barbie's friendship, right, with her friend, like it, it's making it so that they can never view each other as individuals, and, and they're trying to put this in kids' minds. I, I love anyway. that the chat is going, "Sacre bleu, bon dieu!" <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's, I don't know. I just love that people in chat are doing that. Okay, 
So here we go. He said he knew I couldn't speak French that well. What? He knew you couldn't speak French that well. You got a perfect score on your test, but he knows that like a monkey, you just typed randomly and got a perfect score on the French test. That happens all the time, too. I'm sure that's You okay. speak French better than all of us. Why didn't you just stay in the club and prove him wrong? I don't want to have to constantly prove and reprove myself. Mm. He supported you right from the beginning and didn't support me. Usually when I talk about these things, people make excuses. They say things like, oh, well, maybe you should have had a permit for selling on the beach. But those are just excuses. People did these things to me because I was black and they made the wrong assumptions about me. And they don't make those assumptions about white people like me. And that's not fair because that means that white people get an advantage that they didn't earn and black people get a disadvantage that they don't deserve. Exactly. It's <laughs> Can I just comment on this part? This, I, I hate this, obviously. Uh, but but the thing that I hate most about this is let's assume that this is let's assume that there's some disadvantages that are true, right? Which we don't I mean, obviously, we, we just mocked the two examples here, but let's just take them at face value. Let's assume that there's some disadvantages that are happening. Um, they spin disadvantage from one group of people into privilege. She's going to use the word privilege in a moment. The, the white Barbie, uh, they, they spin it into privilege for people who aren't disadvantaged. And those aren't the same thing. Privilege is privilege is the idea that you have something extra that's up over and above the standard that there's a that there's kind of a standard expectation and you have something you're ahead of the, the starting line or where the starting line should be you're extra you're privileged somehow so if you grow up with a billion dollars and your own private jet and uh you know a butler you're privileged well that makes sense because that's not normal that's not ex that's not the expectation in 2020 that that people in america are born into that kind of a family so that's privilege but being treated like an individual and not discriminated against is not privilege. That's the norm. And if you want to talk about people who are having disadvantages, again, I don't agree with these this characterization of the black Barbie here, but if you want to talk about disadvantages, you've got to talk about disadvantages only. You can't then also say, oh, white people are privileged. It's not a privilege to not have a disadvantage. That's not a privilege. Um, and the reason that they use privilege is because they, they want to institute uh, guilt on the on the part of the white Barbie. They want the white Barbie to feel um, like she has she's obligated. She they want obligation from the white Barbie to act in some way because she's she's got something she didn't earn, and that's not true. She doesn't have anything she didn't earn. Everyone deserves to be treated like an individual. Someone says I'm mansplaining to this Barbie. No, I'm. I, I guess I'm mansplaining. <laughs> I, I gay. I'm, I'm both Barbies. I'm mostly mansplaining to the Barbie, uh, the black Barbie, so I can get as as much trouble as possible. Okay, here we go. It's really serious. It Some is really people serious. even get hurt when others think the wrong things about them. That's exactly why people are marching. Because when enough of us stand together, people pay attention. Right. Because when we don't say anything, we're just letting it continue. Well, you listening and being so that's the that's the anti-racism oh, or it, racist thing. Yeah. Can can you pause? So I want to say something here. Someone in chat said you guys are overreacting. This will go in one ear and out the other children. Wrong. You are absolutely wrong. 
I was being told two years ago when I first started talking about my old ideology and what is so insidious and destructive and evil about it, that it that we were making that Carter and I were making a mountain out of a molehill and that this ideology was just constrained to the college campuses and it would never leave the colleges and that we should be we should you know we should stop talking about this and trying to present it as if it was some existential threat and that this would blow over this is again that it was just going to stay in the colleges wrong in the past 3 months this belief system has become culturally dominant to the point that we see it coming from all of our big social companies. We see it coming from uh, all of our entertainment streaming options, our recommending things. This is ideological subversion is what this is. It's coming even from these huge corporations that sell children's toys. They are marketing ideology to your children. They're not just selling them dolls, which they're also trying to do with ideology. They're selling them ideas. Yeah. And I think you are making a molehill out of a mountain or you're trying to because maybe the the idea of this being so pervasive and so deeply rooted in our culture is scary to you. Well, but I think you're wrong. And I think and I I think you're wrong and I think you're making a, a cataclysmic mistake in underestimating the effect of this. It's not one commercial. It's not one company. It's not one doll. It's not one video, <laughs> okay? Right. We're picking on this particular one. We're highlighting this particular one. But this is everywhere now. This is symbolic. This is, this is We could have picked any. In fact, we have another story after this one about another company. But this is everywhere. And if you, if you, don't, if you haven't seen that yet, open your eyes. Yeah, I, I, I might piss parents off with this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, Bradley Helgerson, who we interviewed recently, made a good point. And uh, he said something to the effect of there's always – he. I don't know if he used the word indoctrination, but everything has – for kids, like everything has subtext. You're setting the framework for how to think about the world when whenever you present anything to kids, when you teach them in school, when you let them watch – movies or whatever. And I know a lot of parents like to just flip on the TV and use it as babysitting tools. And you are abdicating your responsibility as a parent. Uh, and it is like, don't be surprised when they grow up with the, the idea, the ideology, the value structure of crappy mainstream culture. And then, and then you wonder why you don't have a good relationship with them when they're teenagers or things are wrong or whatever. It's if, if you stack, if you sat them down in front of the Disney channel from the, the time they were a baby, it's your fault. You did this. I'm sorry, but it's your fault. You parent, you, the kid doesn't buy the TV. The kid doesn't plug the TV into the wall. The kid doesn't turn the TV on. Maybe when they're older, they can turn the TV on themselves. But this stuff People do this because it works. I mean, the Catholic Church talked about this even. I think, what Pope was it that was like, give me a kid until he's six years old and I've got him for life? People know this. It works. This is why This is why you do this with kids. And you have your kid. Lay the value structure that they need to survive and thrive. It's That's your job. And if you look at this crap and go, oh, it doesn't matter. It'll go one in ear in one in ear and out in one ear and out the other uh that's not just naive that's you being a crappy parent 
Um, you're giving someone else, you're letting Mattel parent your child. And I, I am, I'm really hard on parents who do this stuff and I'm sorry, but, uh, I didn't let my daughter watch anything until she was five or six, maybe like literally nothing, no screens, nothing, zero. Uh, and was it harder? I guess, I guess you, you have to play with them. And she turned out to read a lot, but it's not that hard. You're just fucking lazy. So yeah. you can't complain about the state of the world if you're so lazy that you let the world and you let Netflix raise your child. You're or the problem. YouTube. Or YouTube. Or YouTube. It, any of this. Gosh, I, I don't know. I don't have a right to. I feel like uh, I'm out of my element to ranting about this. You do. You did a very no, good job of it. You're right. You're parent, no, but, you were. Everything yeah. you said was spot on, Carrie. You were spot yeah. on. I mean, I mean about the parent part of it. And it's it's, you know, what you said about giving a child until they're six. And you said that that, that was a, someone in the pope or someone had said that it was some Catholic leader. It, I don't know who it was. It was yeah. a Catholic leader. Well, it reminds me of a conversation I had with a parent in Austin where they had gone to this neighborhood. It was kind of a diversity and inclusion thing about putting woke. Basically, it was about putting woke ideology in elementary schools. It wasn't nice. marketed that way. Of course, it was marketed as some diversity, inclusion, anti-bullying, blah, blah, blah. Went to this community meeting with other parents. And they said, according to my friend, they said openly that we have to start putting the um, sex and gender curriculum and the critical race theory curriculum, all of these things about, you know, you can postmodernists, like you can choose your own sex and you should have to make that choice to kids and that they needed to start putting it in kindergarten because the evidence had showed if they could reach kids before they turned, I think it was four or five, that, that, that it, they had a much better chance of indoctrinating the kids. Essentially. Right. They said this openly, we have right. to put it in kindergarten for this reason we can't just put it in k through in uh first grade through 12th grade like they know they know of course they know it's not this not this is not a conspiracy theory and it's not a secret it's known it's been known for a long time someone in chat just said books were considered subversive 200 years ago like yeah they were and by the way when i say she got to read books she only got to read the books that were in the house books can be subversive absolutely you should control what books your children read as well like there's there is no way you can raise a child with zero uh, – by implementing zero moral framework in them. They need a moral framework. They need to make sense of the world. And if you don't provide one, they will absorb it from whatever's around them. That's, that could be books. It could be movies. It could be Netflix. It doesn't you, – YouTube. It could be wherever. So no matter what you do, you're, you're giving them a framework to look at the world. Do it consciously. Give them – what you think yeah. is the proper right framework. That's your fucking job. That's what, like, that's your job. And if you can't do that job, do not push kids out. If you can't do that, don't have children. We don't need more zombies. Don't have children. If you can't do if it, just don't have kids. Giving, if, if you're not giving them a worldview, it took me a long time to see this. They're, they're going to be instilled with a worldview, if not by you, then by the culture or by the public schools or by YouTube or by Netflix. You you have to decide how what worldview you're going to – like here's the best way of looking at the world basically, what you're going to teach your kid about the best way of interpreting being in the world. The story that the media and 
and academia and public schools are now trying to teach your kid. They're trying to teach your kid that the best way to look at the world is as a competition between identity groups for power and that you need to go into the world looking at everything. And where's the racism? Where's the sexism? What race are you? What sex are you? I must treat you this way because you're that race. I must treat you that way because you're that sex. They're giving your child a narrative. What narrative are you giving your kids? That's yep. what I hear you saying, Carter. That's what I took away from that conversation with uh, Bradley. I have a um, yeah. Wait, can I'm I just can I just clarify here. on the narrative yeah. thing? Because uh, yeah. so, someone also was like, "Well, let the kid decide for themselves." Well, I was about to address that. Yeah, yeah. kind of, but not really. Like, <sighs> my goal was to teach my daughter the tools for critical thinking and allegiance to reason. And some basic values like honesty and integrity. And beyond that, she's allowed to choose for herself. Like, and she's allowed, I guess, to be designed. I don't know what allowed means. But, like, those are the fundamental tools that I'm talking about, right? Um, So that when she encounters this crap later on, she can decide for herself whether it's crap or not. And I don't tell her whenever she has an opinion politically or or culturally about something, I'm always very careful. If it's my opinion, I'm always very careful to be like, that. you know – you don't have to think the same thing that I do. Grandma thinks this thing and this person thinks that thing. You need to make up your mind. You have the tools to make up your mind because she's old enough to do that now. But when they're four, when they're four, when they're little, you you have to teach them how to think. That's your job. Sorry. Go ahead, Carrie. What was that? Yeah. Well, no, I was going to – I was just going to agree with that and just give an anecdote. I, I have um, a friend who – well, a family member. I don't know how specific I want to be. Anyway, this this person has decided to they're, they're very and they're atheists, but not atheists like you, Carter. They're atheists. They're they're the type of they have a hatred for Christianity. I'll put it that way. Sure. And they've decided that they're not going to let their child's grandparents do prayers with the child or ever take the child to Sunday school or anything again. And the idea being, I'm going to let the child decide and I'm going to let the child decide the gender and sexuality and all this stuff. Right. Um, how, how are you letting the child decide when you are actively cutting off one avenue (laughs) of interest? You're basically saying you can decide within this little box my point is you're still deciding for that. You're still putting parameters around what your kid, the, the ideology you're feeding your kid. You think you're being open-minded by saying, I'm not going to let you be exposed to Christianity or whatever, but you're being close-minded, I think. Yeah, I, I mean, I think there's a gradation there. Like you obviously should control, the, the younger they are, the more you control what they're exposed to. And the older they get, the less you control what they're exposed to. And that's intentional. And like, uh, you know, like my daughter's old enough that if she – well, she has read the children's Bible stuff. Like, she's old enough, even though I'm an atheist, like, she's old enough that if she wants to go to church with her friend or whatever, like, it's it's fine. Um, but when she was – I didn't feel the uh, the need – when she was two years old, I didn't feel the need to be like, well, here's Christianity and here's Buddhism and here's Islam and I need to teach you about all these things. Like, no, they're not part of my life. They're not part of our household. They're there. Uh, they're not verboten. They're just not something that we, we're limiting what we expose her to, right? Not not like in a weird way, but just in a, you know, we're, we're not going to go to the mosque just to see what they're doing over there. 
Like, that's, that's not like, that's not part of our life. The point is everybody makes those boundary decisions, even when they think they're not, they're making some kind of decisions of over. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I guess I, I would say maybe people should put more thought into what, the, what it is. If they think they're not making decisions first, recognize that they are, what decisions am I making? And then maybe put a little more thought into what you do, what kind of things you want to introduce your child to, what kinds of ideas. That's all. Um, yep. yep. Somebody in the chat said, oh, Yarn Harder Hoarder said, you know, probably most of us in this chat are not the type of parents who let YouTube raise our kids. You know, unfortunately, the parents who would need to hear this are maybe social probably justice not, parents yeah. who are not watching this. But hey, guess what? We'll clip it. Share it with your social justice parent friends if, you, <laughs> if you've got the stones. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <sighs> okay. All right. Do we even need? I don't think we need to finish the Barbie video, do we? Unless there was something at the no, end. No, we don't. Let's do some super chats. Pirate Tomsky. Yeah. Uh, he says they want to make money and then tell you what to do and how to spend yours. Yeah. Yeah. And let me tell you, I read through a bunch of the comments on Instagram and I think they're deleting the negative ones and there's a lot of overwhelmingly positive ones. And let me tell you the number of comments I saw from people who were say who probably think that there's some kind of anti-capitalist resistance fighter who were saying things like, yay, going out to buy a hundred Barbies. (laughs) 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 Little pet, little, little puppet, just walk into the store. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but by the way, for people who are interested in um, the the idea of corporate socialism and that whole agenda, and who view them at view corporations as incompatible with this stuff, read Michael Rechtenwald's Google Archipelago. Uh, he talks about this, and he talks about we mentioned it on a show, but he talks about how <laughs> Gillette, for example was woke from day one. Gillette has always been woke. Their founder was woke. Their founder viewed Gillette as an avenue towards world socialism. Uh, so like, <laughs> it's not, this is not unusual. This is not unusual. Don't be, don't be shocked by it. All right, Bonnie. Wanna, this is ahead. not a super chat, but I have to, Rodrigo's on fire today, cracking me up. Rodrigo Seraphim says, no, we will never know how the story ends. Did Barbie end racism? I must know. <laughs> no, because Barbie's existence is racist because she's white. She can't end racism. Bonnie Moore. Uh, thank you, Bonnie. She says, I agree with Carter. I can't help questioning why I allow myself to be ruled by people who don't even know how to think. Oh, that was, yeah. <laughs> Look, I, there's a reason we're not a democracy you know, I don't agree with everything the founding fathers said and wrote, but there, many of much of it is very good, and uh, <laughs> they knew better. They knew better. Let's see. There's a. So I got just got to scroll. Sorry. Okay. Meegs two ninety four. Thank you, Meegs. Meegs says, "Thank you for the entire Barbie segment. I hate the world now. You guys really know how to kick <laughs> a day off." <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> You're hey, welcome. Meeks, at least, wait, Meeks, at least you got to enjoy it with us and laugh and laugh about it. Watching it alone, <laughs> without laughter, last night more was worse. <laughs> Blackbeard, Blackbeard, thank you, Blackbeard. He says uh, the kids get seems like it's teaching white kids if they're inherent if they are inherently better and it's their job to take pity on black people. Yeah, 
kind of. Uh, I mean, it is trying to do this unfair. We didn't get to the part where she she talked about white privilege, but she did. Uh, Marie Busky, thank you for Carter. She gives us uh, uh, two bucks in Kiwi money for Carter's righteous parenting rant. Happy birthday, Carrie. Oh, yes. thank you, Marie. Is I'm trying to for, catch up with. What Carrie would like is Barbies for her birthday. <laughs> no, thank you. In fact, I'm selling my dolls. Roger uh, Haynes. My childhood dolls. Oh, let me you. read this one. Roger, okay. I can see it. Roger says, I just bought a totally dope, mostly peaceful T-shirt. Thank you, Roger. This is happy birthday, Carrie, from Nova Scotia. That's awesome that you're watching in Nova Scotia. And thank you for the birthday wishes. Yeah. Uh, the are we good? One? I think there's one oh, more. Oh, is there another one? Mm-hmm. I don't see that one. Oh, yeah, I do. Here we go. Um, Mandy. Thank you, Mandy. Again, Mandy says, and for the next cartoon, homosexual sex education by the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> Calabunga in the sewer tunnel, dude. Oh, that's gross, Mandy. Jeez. No. Mandy. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, somebody says it's hard to imagine Carrie upset, not smiling and laughing. S- laughing is one of my responses that it ha- it happens a lot. There are some times when I get angry and there's no laughter, but there are other times when I'm angry, but I'm still laughing. <laughs> I think it's just a emotional uh, response, like some kind of coping mechanism. Yeah. And then Keith the Hack Guy just gave us a super chat. And Keith says, that isn't a real Barbie. My sisters had them in the 60s and 70s. Barbie has 36 double D breasts <laughs> and a 17-inch <laughs> waist scaled. It this, did change. Did this change? Yeah. It did change. And, yeah, there's um, uh, I had a friend who worked at Mattel they've been getting woke for a while. Like you said, just like Gillette, they've been getting woke. And when I was a third wave feminist, SJW, you know, Barbie was a frequent punching bag by people in our movement, like a cultural punching bag that it, it, it was sort of held uh, pretty high as, as something that we wanted to get changed. You know, we would often attack what, things that we called sexist in advertising, marketing, popular culture, TV, film, with the intent being to change the culture and I think I think that we were largely successful if you look at things mm-hmm. now. They did go after Barbie. They did attack the fact that her dimensions were not realistic and they said it was damaging for young girls and they redid her uh, measurements. And they also started introducing woke characters. And then just like in woke ideology, as you guys know, there's always this infighting that happens because you can never be pure enough. So they started trying to get more quote unquote diverse terms of these identity groups, that kind of diversity, right? I'm not talking about intellectual diversity where you've got a conservative Barbie, but they had, they put in uh, a girl and I think her name was Becky and she was in a wheelchair. And then, and then a lot of people got outraged and because they said wheelchair Becky was offensive. Yeah. I don't know. There was just, there was some back and forth about some of the, the Barbies that they added you know, that, that weren't ideologically pure enough, but they've definitely been going down this path for a while. By the way, Yarn Hoarder also said happy birthday to you, birthday to you in a super chat. So wow. I should mention that. Um, Thank you. Yeah. You know what? Uh, this was, okay, this is secondhand, but it's in, and it was years ago, but I want to share it because it's, I think it's important for parents to understand because this, this blew my mind when I heard it. Um, it, this came from an employee at Mattel who was working on, I don't know if they were doing like Dora the Explorer 
toys or something. I don't know. I don't know how she was involved in Dora the Explorer stuff. But anyway, uh, she was telling me what they would do for Dora the Explorer episodes. And I think it's important to understand how much effort goes into controlling what your kids are doing. Uh, they would have a room full of kids. So they would have the, the storyboarded episode and they would get a room full of kids and then how would so, they would have someone stand there and read storyboard things with the book, right? Here's this blah, 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 Dora does this, Dora does that. And behind the two-way mirror or one-way mirror, whatever, they would have two-way glass. They would have uh, people with clipboards writing down any time any child ever looked away from the storyboard. And they would iterate on the storyboard until no child ever looked away during the entire story. And then they would make an episode. Now, uh, granted, this is secondhand information, but what shocked me about that was you don't, sometimes it's hard to imagine the, the amount of resources that go into producing some of this stuff that seems kind of like it's just detritus. It just seems like garbage stuff that like anyone could make this, but they spend a lot of time making sure that your kids are addicted and paying attention to this because yes. they, they want that. And don't think that it's any different when they want to embed a message. Don't like all those skills that they use to get the kids to stay watching Dora the Explorer, all those skills and all those resources can be can be brought to bear upon the problem of indoctrinating the child to to the ideology that they want. Um, yeah. So it's not I've, something I've, to be taken lightly. Yeah. Along those lines, I have more than one friend who worked at or still works at Mattel and they do <clears throat> regularly, they have these viewing rooms where they bring kids in, they watch them play and they have a double sided mirror where they, like you said, they're evaluating and studying the kids reactions to certain things. <clears throat> and it, it makes me think of, I just talked with this former elementary school principal when I was in DC and we were talking about Google and how they've been putting all of these free, free Chromebooks in all the public schools. Why? Okay. Well, they, they would like to say it's because we care about education and we care about, you know, giving, we're giving these free Chromebooks. No, they're monitoring your children they're monitoring what they do online and they're figuring out how to better advertise to them from a very young age. They're oh, figuring yeah. out from a very young age how to market to them. They're looking at what they do online. It's like, I don't know. So often we accept things like me, you know, I'm still on, you and I got off of uh, Google for our, for our email, but we are still on YouTube, which is a Google company. Obviously. We are still <laughs> on these free, free platforms, but free, what are the, what are the, downsides of being free. Well, in some ways you're the product, we're the product. They monitor what we do online. You know, they also then censor what they want and yep. it's just, I don't know. Yeah. And we're in, the, we're in the dystopia already guys. It's not yeah. that it's coming. We're already in it. Yeah. I mean, sometimes, sometimes it was like old, the old aphorisms. I like they're, they're aphorisms for a reason. Like there's no such yeah. thing as a free lunch. There's no such yeah. thing as a free Chromebook. Like that's, that's how that works, right? Uh, so, and companies do this all the time. Adobe did it quite successfully by giving away 
free software so that to, to the people who in college who were using learning design. Why? So that when they got out and got jobs, the only software they knew was Adobe and that's what they wanted their employers to buy. Like it's a totally valid marketing technique. There's nothing necessarily nefarious about it. I think the Google thing's a little bit more so because they're spying on you, but uh, you just know what you're getting into. There's like, this isn't, people aren't, corporations aren't being nice. <laughs> that's not their goal. Their goal is, yeah. their stock price doesn't go up if they're just for niceness. Uh, all right. Andrew Joyner. Andrew Joyner says, uh, if you want to see something disturbing, check out Bringing Up Children in a Racially Unjust America by Jennifer Harvey. Oh, and happy birthday, Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a very disturbing book. Happy birthday. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Thank you, thank you though. Thank you, I don't, I don't want to see something disturbing. Uh, <laughs> Helena Black. <laughs> thank you, Helena. She gives us 20 bucks and says, what scares me the most about this ideology is the apparent demonization of morality itself being principled, holding values, and believing people are inherently good is entirely absent from their vernacular. Yeah. Be and, they, and the reason yeah. they have to do that is because uh, morality is a question of uh, volition and agency, right? Morality only comes to comes to play if you are looking at individuals, Right. Like groups of people aren't moral or immoral other than by like adding up the individual actions, right? So it's individuals who make moral or immoral decisions. So, uh, but they don't want you looking at people like individuals. They want you to like, this group is X, that group is Y, groups behave these yeah. ways, groups should be treated these ways, you're a member of a group, the end. Um, yeah. Happy birthday, Carrie. Love your hat from Taxterra. Thank you, Taxterra. I love this hat too. I don't have enough opportunity to wear it on the show. So I took my birthday as an opportunity to wear my fancy hat. One of my fancy hats. Do you want to do your next, <clears throat> your next favorite company of the day? Uh, let's just go ahead and hit this second corporation. Oh, you guys <laughs> again, notice, notice, notice again. I hate, I'm going to belabor this point <laughs> because it needs to be made. They are telling us, that this ideology is somehow the resistance is somehow cutting edge, cool, trendy. It's supported by the media, the propaganda machine. It's supported by all the major corporations now, but it's the resistance, right? Okay. This one is a story about Yelp. I know some of you have already seen this. You want to read this Carter? <sighs> Uh, Why? Must I? Okay. Yelp. <laughs> Sorry. I just, I don't want it to exist. I'm being irrational. I will read it. Okay. Yelp to label businesses accused of racist behavior amid discrimination uptick. <laughs> Actually, technically it probably wasn't a discrimination uptick. It was a reports of discrimination uptick, but we'll just let that slide in the title. Yelp has created a new label to warn users about businesses accused of racism. Operative word being accused, accused of racism, following an uptick in reports. Ah, it is an uptick in reports. Look at that. An uptick mm, in reports that. of discrimination. Uh, the review platform says the alert will help consumers decide whether they'll be welcome at a particular business, but it's already receiving criticism by people who claim it will be used to destroy merchants with false allegations. Yeah. There's not really much else to read other than people's opinions about this, but. So what they're going to do, I don't know if that article has, but there's a picture no, of what will appear on the profile of the business. And it basically says it's a mm. big, it's like the scarlet R people call it. this, this business has been accused of racist behavior. Uh, 
so this this reminds me of a few things the show black mirror the social credit system that we've already seen in, in places like china there's I, I have a lot of like when i weigh the negatives and the positives of this okay here's one potential positive card here's the thing I, just, I found your i found your oh, thing yeah. business accused of racist behavior <laughs> Recently, someone associated with this business, and by associated, they mean claims to have gone there. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, associated with this business was accused. I see associated to an employee was accused of racist behavior by who? Resulting in an influx of people posting their views to this page. Racism is reprehensible. Blah blah blah. You're getting warned. Okay, so here's a, here's one possible positive interpretation, because I know our our mind probably doesn't go there first. Yelp has become a tool that people use in cancel culture to try and target businesses that they had a bad experience with or they didn't like or that they interpreted and to go after like uh, to, to people will go online and get their followers to go and attack for them. And that's BS. I'm sorry. You should never be writing a negative review for a place that you haven't actually been to a, a restaurant or hotel or whatever on someone else's behalf. You're just part of a, a mob when you're doing that. You're being used. And Yelp acknowledges this. And what they usually do is when currently before this policy, what they've usually done is they've then taken all of those negative reviews when they all happen at once as part of a mob, they've taken them and, and, and hidden them. If you report them, like if you're the business owner, you can go in and you can report them and you can say, this person did not, and you can say, this person did not actually come to my restaurant. Right. Um, or this person did not actually come, whatever my business is, they did not actually come here and they will hide them. Okay. So that's how they've dealt with it so far. And I actually think that's the best way to do it. What they're trying to do now is they're trying to say, okay, instead of just hiding them, we're going to, we're going to, I think, it, I think they're still going to hide them, but we're going to put a big old R sticker on there or whatever the sticker is to let you know that this person has been marked, right? So it's an, the pretense of trying to address these cancel culture mobs that happen to businesses. But I think in the end, that's, that's a positive interpretation, but I think in the end it's gonna be negative because then the mob is still going to succeed in getting this scarlet R put on a business. So uh, real quick anecdote, one of the last, I used to represent this social justice warrior, this comedian, W. Kamau Bell, and one of the last things I ever had to deal with with him before we parted ways, thankfully, um, was he went to a bakery in uh, San Francisco and he accused them of racism in a public blog post and then in several follow-up news articles. It was called the Elmwood Cafe, I think. Okay. And it, when you hear the facts of the story, it's one of those things that it could go either way. You have no idea the intent or motivation behind this person. What was happening was that he had been at a bookstore or something. He had bought a book. He was walking by the restaurant. His wife and her friends were outside eating. His wife is white. Her friends are white. He's black. He walked by, and while they were eating on the other side of the – I don't know if they have a, ga a gate or something there, whatever. On the, on the outside of the little outdoor restaurant seating area, he was showing them the book he had just bought. One of the employees thought he was panhandling or trying to sell them a book. Because they right. get a lot of panhandlers uh, bothering people in the outside portion of the restaurant. So somebody came over, one employee, and asked him to leave. Could it have been racially motivated? Yes. 
Could it not have been racially motivated? Yes. You don't know what's in that person's head, but he chose he took it as racially motivated. He also did this public posting about it and this public shaming. All of his fans went after the restaurant. They all gave them a one-star review review on Yelp. The because it was a very woke area, the business owner start his business started to suffer. Yeah. Um he actually talked with me, the business owner, because we were trying to do a public discussion, like an education. I was still in SJW then. We were trying to do a public education where we publicly re-educate you this because, restaurant. Because you right. were extorting him. Right. Basically, we were the mob. Okay. Right. So he uh, he called me and get this. This business owner donated. He was such a progressive he sponsored a school in Africa for African school children. He gave a portion of the restaurant's proceeds to charity. Um, you know, he was he did all these things in behavior that would prove to you he's not what it what it is that we're calling him. But at the same time, it was like, no, you need to be held accountable to this for this. So we set up this public conversation between him and my comedian, and and uh, it, it never stopped. Even after I parted ways with with come out with the comedian I saw he was still talking about this cafe the cafe went under it ended up going under that guy lost his business yep um because he was constantly referred to as racist in the press I give you this anecdote because if that happened today with this new policy Yelp would put a big old scarlet r on his profile and then link to the news items. I think what they're trying to say is, well, if it's a bad enough controversy that it makes the news, then people should know about it. But but they're not taking into account that the news is spreading narrative. We we did we had news stories written about this one guy's encounter. Why? Because he had a following, because he was a comedian. So anybody with a grievance who in their mind chooses to take something one way and go and tell their fans about it and then mobilize their fans to act as little, you know, on their behalf to take down a business, they're going to get news articles. They can get news articles written about it. And then the news article itself is standing as a guilty verdict. Isn't yeah, that fascinating? That's how, that's how trial by media works. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, I'm wondering actually if the Yelp thing, I'm wondering, it could backfire if the, if, Regular people want it to backfire because what you could do is you could just complain about literally every business so that every business has to be accused of like everyone gets accused of racist behavior. Uh, and then it just becomes yeah. the whole thing becomes meaningless. Um, but yeah, I don't know. This is why culture is more important than politics, right? You can't make a law that people can't do this stuff. Like if people want to gang up and socially ostracize and not go to a restaurant. That's not something the law can handle. That's just bad culture, right? Um, yeah. That's just zombie mobs. So, uh, so yeah. I, I was that was a bit of a long story, but it's it's interesting to me because I've seen it happen so close to me, in something I had a small hand in, a hand in. Yep. And it's, it's I don't know. It's it, it's it's like, um, you know, witch trials. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like no, I mean, that that's horrible. what it is. Yep. Yep. Uh, Maria Tuscan saying accuse woke businesses. Right. Right. So if you start accusing woke businesses, they'll get that sign, too. And then Yelp will have to do something else because Yelp will probably know that those are the woke businesses and they're going to have to try and, you know, figure out a way to way around this. Let's do a few more super chats. I, didn't know, but I want to respond to that. I oh. don't think we should do that. I just I mean, I understand the intent behind it. 
And I, I totally get it. It's that whole holding them to their own standards thing in their own. But again, they have a rule. Like you're not supposed to review a place you haven't actually been to and yeah, experience the service yourself. Oh, you could go. But yeah, I don't I don't want to be a part of any mob for any reason. Because what if I'm wrong? Yeah, you no, look, I, mean? I don't I don't want to be a part of a mob either, but I don't even think Maria was saying necessarily to do it that way. Right. I, I think the way to undermine this is to get every business on on Yelp have this accusation. Like if you can get literally every business to have the accusation, then the accusation means yeah. nothing. Um but yeah, yeah I, I get it. I get it. I'm or just stop using Yelp. Yeah. Which that sucks works. because I really like Yelp. <laughs> I don't. I never really. I never really used Yelp. Well, I don't like. I don't use. I Yelp. like Yelp, but one other quick thing before the super chats about them. I, my friend Mandy Statmiller. I saw her posting about this yesterday. There, she said, and I'm paraphrasing. Ask any small business owner. They already behave like the mob. They already behave like the mafia. Yelp and I and I've. Oh I've Yelp seen itself. This. Yes, I've seen this oh, at yes. small business. Yeah, because I've helped to do the social media accounts at some of the places I've worked at in the recent years, they will call you and they're basically like, if you pay us this much money, then your profile shows up higher in search results on Yelp. And if you pay us this much money, we can get rid of the negative reviews for you. Yeah. Like they're very, it's extortion already. Yeah. Yelp is already crappy in that way. That's true. Imagine when they start charging like, Hey, and if you pay us this much money, we can get rid of that Scarlet R for you. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Right. Yep. No. I, and look, Yelp's not hard to build. I mean, getting all the data is a pain, but it's not that bad. You can build it. It's twenty twenty. Yelp's old. It can be reproduced. Uh. All right. Let's do a few, a few super chats. Chris says, "Carrie's birthday is greater than Yelp handing out yellow stars." <laughs> yes. Thank you for the birthday super chat. Pirate Tomsky. Thank you, Pirate Tomsky. He says, do you think that this is going to open up Yelp to a bunch of lawsuits? Potentially. Um, because though it's a defamation. So Harmeet Dillon talked about this. She's a lawyer here in San Francisco who has um, uh, done a lot of pro-free speech type of work and that kind of stuff. She's, she's pretty good. And uh, I know she talked about it being a potential for like automated defamation, basically. So Yelp is kind of jumping they're putting their hat in the ring. It's like, I'm also accusing this business. Now, I'm sure they're, I'm sure their lawyers have looked at this business accused of racist behavior thing so that they can, you know, I'm sure they feel good about the text so that they're not technically uh, defaming anyone. But it seems like it will be a risk, yeah. Helena Black. Thank you, Helena. She says, by the way, happy birthday, Carrie. My husband and I are celebrating our 16th anniversary today as well. Oh. Happy anniversary, Helena. Cool. Happy anniversary. It's a good month. <laughs> Andrew Joyner uh, says, anyway, Jennifer Harvey basically implies white children are conditioned to be racist by the time they are four or five years old. So, yeah, I wouldn't bother watching. Saved you the time, LOL. <laughs> oh, but Andrew, I will look it up. Thank you. I appreciate suggestions like that. Yeah. Uh, Sandra Simmons, Sammons, sorry, Sandra Sammons just gives us uh, five bucks. No message. Thank you, Sandra. I think I might. Oh, no. One more. Shalimar Rice. Shalimar Rice says, watch Trump card by Dinesh D'Souza today, October 9th on demand, like prime video. Happy birthday, Carrie. Okay. Thanks. I wonder what that's about. Oh, I saw that actually. I mean, I haven't seen the documentary yet. I saw when it came out 
it was getting some attention when it came out, uh, Dinesh D'Souza. I heard it was a good documentary, but I haven't watched it yet. Thank you for the suggestion. And Mandy, I don't, why don't, I don't know why. I'm, oh, Mandy's, Mandy's saying my last comment was inappropriate. I'm sorry. You don't have to apologize. It's an unsafe space. You can be inappropriate. We're just, we're just, uh, busting your chops a little bit because it was kind of gross, but, but thank you for the super chat. Um, Carrie, I, okay. can we, can we talk about Gretchen? Oh, Queen Gretchen. I saw you put her picture on here. Well, did yeah, you see what it. happened yesterday? I did. Uh, I thought it was funny because I saw somebody, you know, the movie. Oh, I know, you know, this movie cabin in the woods. Of course. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> you know, the part where they have people do that meme. I don't know if you've seen the meme, but they do a meme of a screenshot from the film where he's pointing at the board and he, and he's going, hey, who had the oh. Gretchen being kidnapped on the board for 2020 <laughs> and the president getting COVID? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Maintenance always gets it right. Um, yeah. So, yeah, for those of you who haven't seen this, um, the FBI yesterday said that they charged 13 people uh, in a plot to kidnap uh, Governor Gretchen Whitmore. Whitmer. And um, there's some mis- misinformation going around about what this is. There is a – at first there was uh, indications. They said that they were they were part of this group, this militia group uh, called – I think it was called Wolverine – wait, Wolverine Warriors? I think something like that. Wolverine Watchmen. That's what it was. Um, and there were reports that Wolverine Watchmen was actually the Michigan Militia Corp Wolverines, this MMCW thing whose website is now down. I went through and looked at all this. I, I went and read their handbook. It didn't seem like they would at all be the kind of group that would do this. And it turns out today when I woke up, uh, <laughs> mainstream media was going, oops, they're not related to that militia group. Okay, so thank thank you for your great reporting, mainstream media. Um, so these poor <laughs> people got just got vilified as being like, "Oops, oh, they weren't." In fact, that group uh, helped the FBI uh, to capture them. Well, so by the way, speaking of vilifying groups that are not responsible, <laughs> yeah, I saw I saw the governor's tweet or or statement about this after the fact, and mm-hmm. guess who she targeted in her. The Proud Boys. Proud Boys. <laughs> Proud Boys. Proud Boys had nothing to do with this. What are you yeah. talking about? Like, yeah, literally nothing to do with it. So, um, <laughs> but I do think there's some there's something worth talking about here because so, um, what's his name? Robbie, uh, crap. What's his name? The the reason guy, Starbuck. Robbie Starbuck, um, snagged a bunch of videos from. A couple of these these guys that are accused of this, and um, before they got pulled down, obviously because social media sites are pulling everything down because you're not supposed to. I don't understand why they pull things down. Like, wouldn't that be the time then people can go read for themselves and see what these people thought? But no, we're gonna pull it down. So they pull all the stuff down just because they're accused of a crime, and uh, but he pulled some stuff down. And one of the guys, I just want to. Talk about this for a minute, because so one of the guys, Brandon Caserta, had an anarchist flag in the background, 
in in one of his videos and in the picture he had a don't tread on me flag in the background the anarchist flag was the black flag with the red anarchist logo which does matter because that's a little bit that's usually not the same as the don't tread on me group so it's kind of unclear um what his beliefs were but you've got people on the left saying these were radical right and caps actually i've seen i've seen people say this is the ancap people um trying to do this and you see people on the right saying it's not us he doesn't like trump and there's a video of him saying trump is not your friend he's a tyrant every single person that works for the government is your enemy this is this is this guy saying right um and wow, i didn't know that yeah i want to i want to talk about this because i think that it's going to be Culture's going to get increasingly uncomfortable for anyone with any kind of principles. There are going to be people on your side who do things that you don't agree with. It's going to happen. They are going, like, everyone's trying to distance themselves and be like, he's not us. It's not us. It's going to be us at some point. It is going to be someone who is mostly in agreement but has a screw loose or whatever. It's, you know, it, th there's always, like, the guy who shot up the Republican uh, baseball game was a Bernie Sanders supporter. That doesn't mean that Bernie Sanders believes all the things, but like you, you can't deny that he was a Bernie Sanders supporter. You've got to be honest about this. And it may be that this guy, maybe he is an anacap. I don't know. I, I, I listened to his stuff. It doesn't, it doesn't seem like it, but, but maybe, um, I'm just going to hear some points that he made in his video. And by the way, the reason I really want to go through this is I think most people that listen to this show will listen to these points and go, they're not that crazy. These points aren't that crazy. The behavior of kidnapping a governor and plotting to do that is crazy. Like, that's a bad thing. But the points aren't crazy by many people's standards. So one point he made was, and by the way, these people are not very articulate. So it's not, you know, it's. This This reminds me of, I just want to cut in. Yeah. This reminds me of, of like the Unabomber, for example, who right. had a lot of great points. If you haven't read his manifesto, you should, especially now. Right. But here's the problem. When you have some of the right points and ideas, but you allow yourself to become a person who thinks the ends justify the means and to behave in a way that makes you a hypocrite and to do evil things, because you think your ends are just, well, you just make it that less likely that people are going to listen to your ideas because now you've forever tarnished, like the Unabomber has forever tarnished his good ideas with the fact that he's a murderer. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> right. And, and look, the reason, I, the reason I'm saying this is because I don't want to be, I don't want to be one of these people who says, well, he's not an ANCAP. I don't, I don't, I don't think he necessarily is you can judge for yourself but he might be he did have a don't tread on me flag uh and like some of the stuff he talks about does comport with things that i believe so i don't i, I think you owe it to people to have the integrity to say like yeah that guy believed a lot of the same things i do it doesn't mean i would do that thing but he like so i don't want to run away from him like everyone else is doing um so yeah, so he says one point he makes is the police enforce laws, uh, they're order followers, and that makes them the enemies, and you're not going to achieve freedom. So he's talking about freedom. You're not going to achieve freedom by continuing to support these people. Now, look, I've got – you guys all know I'm ambivalent about the police. Sometimes I think 
that's a good point to remember that the police are the ones who are going to enforce laws as laws get worse. It is going to be the police and fewer and fewer police are be good because the the more tyrannical the laws become, the less uh, good people want to be police. That happens. So that's not a bad point. He says the Declaration of Independence is an anarchist document. Uh, I'm not sure I totally agree with that, but it, it was throwing off a government. Fine. He talks about the Constitution setting up a ruling class. Well, kind of do have a ruling class now, guys. That's kind of true. Um, he, he does the Trump is not your friend dude thing. He's a tyrant. Look, I, obviously, I don't believe that. He's not a tyrant. Um, another the another guy, Pete Musico, says, uh, again, some of these, there's like a, a grain of truth, but not completely in some of these. He says, we are destroying everything because boomers have destroyed the family. Now, that sounds hyperbolic, but if you are concerned about the disintegration of the family and what America has become over the last several generations or decades, who's most who's been in charge? The boomers. They're the old people who've been in charge for a while. So whatever's gone wrong, they kind of are culpable. Not, And I don't mean individual boomers. And not only boomers, and not you, if you're a boomer, it doesn't mean you're responsible, but as a group, look, the millennials, someday we're going to look back and go, the millennials really effed up X, Y, and Z. And we're all going to be like, yep, they did. And I'm sure I'm Gen X. Someone will have nasty things to say about what Gen X did. But the boomers have been the ones Which in charge. Nothing. Right, nothing. nothing. Sure. <laughs> the boomers have been the ones in charge for a while, and they're responsible for a lot of the stuff. So... um, he, he rants about driving being a right and not a privilege. I kind of agree with that. Um, but it's messy because you've got these things called roads, which are, quote, public property and blah, blah, blah. Like So it gets messy. But okay. He says that boomers are robbing families. And I don't know what he means by that. But uh, when you spend more money as a government than you take in, you are robbing future generations. And the boomers, I mean, I know everyone loves Reagan. A lot of people love Reagan. <laughs> Reagan, Reagan borrowed a hell of a lot of money, right? We, we, we've, we have spent way more than we've made and borrowed and printed money to do it. And that is called robbing future generations. That's what that's called. He is not wrong about that. And boomers have been in charge, not just boomers, not all boomers, but boomers have been in charge and have been, they've perpetuated that system. They're the ones who've done that. Um, and again, not just boomers. Uh, he complains that boomers, he knows some boomers, I guess, and they say that now that I'm older, I don't care because it's not going to affect me. Okay, that's an anecdote. But there is a general feeling of like, well, I paid into Social Security. I want my Social Security. Okay, but you voted for Social Security, and then you voted for the people who spent all your Social Security checks on other things. So should you still get Social Security? I don't know. You're kind of having your cake and eating it too. There, There is this sense that they're owed stuff, uh, but they ate the cake of their grandchildren. That's a real grievance, regardless of whether you agree with this politics. These are real grievances. Um, he urged people to be angry at politicians and not fellow citizens. He said they're putting a bug in our ear for racism. Well, that's true. You should be angry at politicians in the government and not fellow citizens. They are putting racist bugs in your ear. They are trying to get you to fight each other. That's true. He rants about they have no right to tell you to wear a seatbelt. That's true. It's trivial and I don't care. But 
He says, look, it's your car. You bought it. It's only your safety. Why do they have a right to tell you to wear a seatbelt? Those are good questions. Um, he says the government is starting to overreach. Frankly, I think that's an understatement. <laughs> like, what do you mean they're starting to overreach, dude? They've been overreaching for my entire life. And so he says we need to step up against the government, not each other. And then he rants about Fourth Amendment violations. Another totally valid thing to be upset about. Again, these people are not articulate. I do not approve of plans to kidnap governors and start civil wars. I think they also plan to execute her, right? So this is not, well, these are not people that have like, I would say a good moral plan for the future, but their grievances are, their grievances aren't completely illegitimate. And I don't think that we should dismiss them as crazies and be like, well, they're just some crazy anarchists. Their grievances are are shared by a lot of people. And the reason I think it's important to see that is because as things become more tyrannical, more and more people that oppose tyranny, but are on the edge about where they're to draw the line for their own initiation of force in their own head, more people are going to do stuff, right? There's a quote that's misattributed to Thomas Jefferson that goes, I'm saying Go bad ahead. stuff. Like, bad stuff. Like people, yeah, people are going to have legit, like these are legitimate grievances, some of them that are not being addressed and people who are disempowered, some people who are disempowered are going to decide just like social justice people do that the ends justify the means and they're going to allow right. themselves to become monstrous and to try to do monstrous things. So, right, right. And so, and look, there, there's a quote that's misattributed to Thomas Jefferson, but uh, it's still a good quote. It, it's, it goes, when tyranny becomes law, rebellion becomes duty. And there is truth to that, right? If we were, a lot of people I think would agree, if this was Nazi Germany, you should rebel, right? That's a, that's a clear example. You should rebel. Um, so, and I, don't, and I don't think we're Nazi Germany. I don't think Trump is not <laughs> Trump's not Hitler, right? It's not time. But uh, the more tyrannical governments become, they picked on Gretchen precisely because she was a very tyrannical governor with respect to mask laws and, and the lockdowns, right? Again, not justifying their actions, but these are real grievances and you are going to have people who don't want to be ruled starting to step up and willing to do things that you and I will say are the initiation of force and they really shouldn't be doing them. This isn't the best way to go about change, but it's going to start getting more. And especially if we have, I'm confused though. You sound like you are supporting it in a way. Cause you just read that Thomas Jefferson quote. I mean, you're saying we should rebel when things get tyrannical. I don't think we should rebel in terms of like starting to kidnap people. I, I don't think you do either. Like, I think, th I think at some point you do need to do that. I don't think we're at that point. Um, uh, okay. Yeah. That's yeah. great. I don't think so, but. So if Hitler were actually in charge, you would still just try and vote him out? I don't, I don't think that, I don't think that's a good, I think that's almost like the, the postmodernist social justice war we talked with yesterday who said, here's a hypothetical scenario where. No, because Hitler's not hypothetical. He really happened. And tyrants like that really do happen. There does come a point at which armed rebellion is, I don't think we're there. I want to be clear. I don't think we're there. Yeah. But there does but come a point. At which that, be, that becomes okay. No, dang. This is what social justice warriors do. They're like, everyone's Hitler. That's why we need to go out in the streets and burn it's businesses down. not what social justice warriors do. I'm talking about actual tyranny. Do. If right, they come to take your guns, are you going to fight back? 
Yes, but I'm saying they think they're talking about actual terror. Well, give me specific examples then. Uh, that, I I'm saying trying- we're not yeah, there right. yet, but I gave you the most extreme realistic example I could think of, which was Hitler. Like Right, and what I'm saying is that they believe that they are fighting Hitler and that it justifies their I don't mean metaphorical behavior. Hitler. I mean actual – I mean like – an actual government doing that stuff, right? And so I just right. said, if they came to take your guns away, would you fight? And you said, yes. Okay, well, Hitler would have done that on during his rise, right? So, like, uh, my point is... Take my guns, I would fight, yes. Right, so there does become a point when governments become tyrannical and oppressive enough that actually good people do fight. I don't... I'm not saying these are good people. I'm not saying this was the right thing to do. I don't think even this would be the right way to do it. Like, the whole thing was stupid. But... Um, I think we're fooling ourselves if we think this is just some kind of aberration and it's going to go away, that these are anomalies, because I think they're going to get worse, um, and it's going to come from the left and the right and anarchists, like, anarchists, there's anarchists who consider themselves leftists and rightists anarchists, which I don't really understand, but whatever, <laughs> it's going to come from both sides that want to tear the system down, some are going to want to do it because of Marxism, some are want to do it for some other reason, but the more they feel like the system is oppressing them, the more they're likely to do this. And the more that we destroy our economy and keep ourselves in lockdowns, the more desperate people are going to get. The more we gin up uh, uh, and, and try and create a race war where there wasn't one before, the more upset people are going to become and the more they're likely to do this. So uh, my point isn't to justify what these guys are doing, but my point is to warn you like this isn't going to get better Unless we start rolling back through voting and legitimate means and through argument and convincing people, unless we start rolling back this tyranny, it will – this will get worse. More people will do this. Yes. Here's my point. As someone in chat is saying that uh, there is a line. Of course there's a line. I'm not disagreeing. I'm saying we're not remotely there and there's a danger in empowering people to feel like – Look, I obviously agree that I obviously believe that we are on the right side of this culture war and that's not a right or left war. It's an individualism or authoritarian war. It's not a right or left thing. And I believe we're on the, I, the I individualism side is the right side to be on. But at the same time, that Nietzsche quote, be careful fighting monsters lest you become the monster you fight. It is so easy to become blind to your own ability to 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 engage in evil when you start to believe that you are morally righteously justified in everything and you don't question yourself. And that's all I'm saying is to be talking about where we're at right now. I I just wanted to be very clear about what you thought about the kidnapping plot to anyone who's watching, who's going to try and misconstrue what you're saying, because I do not believe we're anywhere close to a point where there's a Hitler that needs to be fought and that people need to go out and start kidnapping people and becoming a becoming monstrous. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying you were saying that. I want to be very clear about what you're not saying. I don't think <clears throat> I don't think that. No, I disagree. Somebody says, "I love you, Carrie, but honey, we can't wait till we're there to act." That's bullshit. That's bullshit. That's saying, "Well, I'm justified in going out and doing horrible things right now." I won't be. I, I'm not a part of that. I'm not a part of encouraging people to act like monsters because we're on the side of good. The side of good doesn't need for you to become monstrous. Self-defense is one thing, but but going out and starting and engaging in, you know, uh, I, I, I believe in the non-aggression principle for a reason. I'm sorry. 
Yeah, I think there's some nuance here, though, and I'm, this is this yeah. is the gray area that is uncomfortable for people, and I want to have the gray. I just want to point out that there's a gray area here. They were going after government officials. Look, they also planned to kill her, so like that's a also crazy, right? So they were, but yeah. they were they were attacking a government official, so they were generally aimed in a better direction than attacking random civilians, and I think they're line was way too way too soon it's nowhere near time to do anything like that um i agree with that but uh, i wouldn't wait till hitler's in charge the i think i for me a big line is when they start confiscating guns if they're going to start coming taking firearms yes that that because that is a move that prohibits any self-defense later um so as long as you've got the ability to speak and you've got the ability to defend yourself you can keep speaking and trying to convince minds. Um, but I don't know. I know you say we're very, very far away. I hope you're right. I, didn't, I don't know how far away we are from people coming to the house to I, take guns. I don't know. Well, I think we're far away um, in terms of circumstance right now, but I don't know how far away we are in terms of time. That's all oh, I mean. Yeah, like, okay, I don't fair. know if it's around the corner or not, but we're, where we're at right now is not there. It, we could make a big leap in a short amount of time. I have no idea. But, but, and, and again, I guess, look, somebody in the chat was like, oh no, they're breaking up. I don't like when mom and dad fight. We're not fighting. We're not <laughs> actually fighting. I know. We, we have, we get passionate about our disagreements sometimes, but Carter and I love each other. So we're able to do that. It's fine. Just like when you have disagreements with your best friend or your spouse or whatever, your business partner. Um, I, I just, if we talk about specific things, maybe we won't have as much of a disagreement. Like Laura said, we probably agree on more than we don't. If you, if you give me a specific example of like, like saying, what about if there's a Hitler? I don't know what that means. People use that all the time now. So, but, but if you say, what if here's a policy thing, or here's a, here's an action, what if the government comes and starts confiscating guns? Okay. Yes. That is a line too far. Right. Well, but I don't think we're that far away from that is my point. Right. And I don't I don't I get I get that people are scared right now. You know, another one I haven't I don't know the answer to this because I don't know where my line is for everything. I know that that's a line, the gun confiscation. I don't know where my line is for everything. But uh, how long will they be able to keep businesses closed in the name of covid? Is there five years, 10 years? How long will they do this before fighting back physically is by the way, someone asked who would I would. I'm not going to kidnap anyone. They're saying, who would you kidnap first? I kid. It was also just a dumb plan. I wouldn't be kidnapping anyone. That's not a thing. But yeah, look, I, I, um, I don't know where that line is. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't thought about it. Um, and my only point is what someone just said, deranged Hermit in chat says each person has a different line. That's kind of my point. Each person has a different line and, Some people like Ted Kaczynski, that line is way off on one end of the bell curve. And we all look at that and go, (laughs) yeah, no, right? That's way off, right? But the more tyrannical this country becomes, the more people feel like the government's crossed that line. Their line is, you know, there are more people have lines closer to, you know, they're getting closer and closer to more people's lines. And that's what I'm concerned about because- I I do think that if we don't argue our way out of this, 
a civil, some sort of civil unrest. I don't know, I want to call it a civil war, but something's going to collapse. Something's going to collapse here, and it's going to be pretty horrific. Uh, so that's all I wanted to say. And I didn't want to shy away from this topic because I know it's a tough topic. And I could have easily said, he's not an ANCAP. Look, his flag was the black one with the red A, and that means he's a socialist anarchist. And now I don't have to talk about it. And what a bad guy, and let's move on. I could have done that. But I didn't want to do that because I want to address the facts of this. He might be an ANCAP. I don't know. I don't agree with what he did. A lot of their points aren't that crazy. They're not that crazy. A lot of those points that they made are principled and correct. Those are are decent points. Many of them. Not all of them, but... So I think it's worth hey, having that conversation. By the way, this is not a super chat, but hi, Dom. I see you in chat. Dom says, uh, our governor in Wisconsin just put restaurants and bars back at 25% capacity. Most restaurants are just blatantly ignoring it now. That's a kind of war, I think. Yes, that is like right. civil disobedience. That's what I want to see more of. It, it's almost like we haven't even, we're fighting, right now we're fighting an ideological war. We're fighting a war of words. And we're fighting a war with behaviors that are not violent. Like why haven't, why would we jump straight to violence? Like try civil disobedience. I want to see tons of small business owners saying no more. We will not yeah. comply. I agree with you. And I think a, a good way to do this is, is cause cause what you really want is you want to give your local law enforcement an opportunity to choose the right side. So what you want to do, because there are some, still some, some, good, freedom-loving, local, probably more in small towns than big cities, right? So if you defy an order and the police are ordered to go shut your restaurant down, that gives your sheriff an opportunity to say, to look the governor in the eye and say, no, I'm not. I'm not going to enforce these laws in my county. And that is a much better position to be in um, because you're, you're you're getting a community behind you. You're getting community behind you and you're taking a stand and people will have to go. People will necessarily be arrested, go to jail like those Christians who were arrested in Idaho that we covered. If you are a Christian, first of all, if you're a pastor, open your church. What the heck are you doing sitting on the sidelines like obeying the state? Open your church. Churches are, are a necessary place for people to go during a time like that. There's necessary as a doctor. I, in my opinion, it's a doctor yep. for your soul. Churches oh. are necessary. Open your church, and if you're if you're not a pastor, but you're someone who's a Christian and your church is closed, pressure your church to open or find a place that is open and meeting. Yep. I can't believe we're six months in and there are some churches that are still closed. Right, right. I am worried. Someone in chat pointed out the way that this is going to work from a gun perspective is they will slowly, as they have been slowly make it more and more difficult to obtain uh, ammunition and firearms. And yeah, it's an attrition war. I don't think though that they can win because I think the left, I think the authoritarians need things to move too quickly for that, for them to play out the complete firearm attrition strategy. Um, But so I think they're going to have to do something. This is why Beto's like, yeah, we're coming for your guns, right? Like, did you see de Blasio literally rounding up Jews in New York recently? Oh, yeah. 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 Christians, take a page from the Orthodox J- Jewish people who are out saying, no, we will be out. We will do, we will go about our business as usual. You don't get to dictate how we worship. 
And and what happened? They got rounded up by yep. de Blasio. That's going to happen to some people. But if you if you believe it's like you say, Carter, what does your faith mean? If if it what does right. your faith mean? If, if it's so if it's so fragile that you're willing to stand down out of fear or I mean, maybe it's just laziness. Maybe you like the break from going to church. In which case, I would say there's something wrong with your heart or there's something wrong with your church. Maybe find one that you want to go to that you yeah. get up and you're like, yes, I'm going. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, I'm, I know I'm just speaking to the Christians here. I'm sorry, atheists. Thanks for tolerating me. Um, well, and, look, community and, is important. Yeah. Someone in chat mentioned, like, if you say community, you get more atheists rather than soul. Right. And I think that's right. Look, yeah. Community is is important. Like we do. We can't. Uh, unlike people who try and conflate individualism with living on an island and being isolated and having no friends, <laughs> that individualism doesn't preclude community. We're social animals. We need community. We thrive in community. We need to be around other people. Um, and and we have a right to associate with people. We have a right to be around other people. Think about the laws right now that like you can't voluntarily gather in certain groups yeah. above a certain size somewhere. On private property, that On is. Property. I, I don't, if that's not tyranny, I don't know what tyranny is. What is yeah. what is your idea of tyranny? If that's not it, oh well, but it's for your own good because there's a virus. Blah 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 blah. Yeah, okay, everything's for your own good. It's yes. always for your own good. Um, hey, guess what? Go to go celebrate Halloween. Those places that have said no Halloween, you right. can't celebrate. Uh, go celebrate Halloween. That's an act of rebellion. If you're not a Christian and you want to do something, go celebrate a holiday without right. ad adhering to where, when and where. Because just like we talked about earlier, if you are not figuring out what narrative and what belief system and what ideas you are allowing in your child's world, someone else is going to figure that out. The public schools or social media, the, the culture is going to fill in those blanks. Well, it's the same thing for they're trying to do the same thing for where we're allowed to go, who we're allowed to have community with and interact with. They're basically like you can't have community in these ways, celebrating holidays, right. going to church, going to funerals, um, going to synagogue. But you can have community if you come to our protests and riots. That's right. where you can have community. Right. You can have community online in our, our social media prisons where we get to dictate what you read and what you say. Communion wine's <laughs> off limits, but have the Molotov cocktail. Right. Yeah. <laughs> They're trying to force how, how it is, how it is that the ways in which we interact with others and the ways in which we form community, they are trying to create these like narrow set of rules for, for how it is that we interact with others. Don't stand for that. Yeah. Do something rebellious. And don't I never fall for I the say, false. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I never thought I would say like do something rebellious, go to church, <laughs> but do it. Don't fall you know? for the false dichotomy though that like yeah. you either – it's not – wanting to get together with other people without the state prohibiting that, it's, it's, it's not – the only other option isn't that you think COVID is a hoax. That's a false dichotomy. You can think that yeah. there's a virus and that there's risks associated with it and people should be safe and the government should not dictate your right. To, they shouldn't limit your right to free assembly um, and they shouldn't force yeah. you to close your businesses. Those are those are not like 
it's it's not an impossible position to have, but the mainstream position they want you to feel like if you believe that there's any threat at all, you must also believe that the government has every right to control your every movement and how you breathe. They're literally controlling how you are allowed to breathe. Yes. They are literally controlling that. And there are people that are they are pushing fear as a virtue. They are trying to get you yes. to think your fear is virtuous. And and it's easy to manipulate you when you're fearful. Uh, I just wanted to read something really quick along these lines. Mm-hmm. You know, the 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 survival rate for COVID is over 99.7%. Okay. Yeah. Um, somebody in my small community group posted yesterday, I find it strange that with our town still reporting COVID cases, there's a carnival opening. Okay. We have a carnival coming to town. <laughs> it, it, they put it up in this parking lot every well, season. Well, just stop reporting okay, COVID cases. The, we'll be fine. Right. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> this is, this is the best response. First response. This is from a mom. She says, my youngest son is going to the carnival with some friends. We are not worried. If he gets it, it will suck for about 10 days and then he will be fine. I had it in July, as did my husband and my oldest. He (laughs) needs normalcy in his life. It's good for his mental health. He practices safe precautions when out. Okay, that's what that's to your point, Carter, about this woman's had it. She knows it's not a hoax. She knows the dangers of it. She's making sure her son takes precautions. And yet she's still letting him go out about his life instead of being ruled by fear and hiding like a church mouse. Yep. Like be rebellious. Go to church. Be rebellious. Have a party. Have more than 10 people over. Yep. Be rebellious. Go trick or treating for Halloween. Yeah, yeah, you, you know the ways um, in which you, you interact with people. You choose. I was thinking I don't usually advocate for getting involved in in politics, and I know we've talked more about local politics and city council and that kind of stuff. You know, I was thinking, given all of this, if you're going to get involved in anything, sheriff, sheriffs are elected. If all we control is the sheriff's office. You'd be surprised at how far that goes in terms of protecting your liberties. If all of your of all of your pro liberty efforts go to electing the right sheriff, a lot of this stuff disappears because mm. these laws can't be enforced with a sheriff that refuses to enforce them. Uh, so you can undermine a lot of what they're doing just by focusing on the sheriffs. That's it, just the sheriffs. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't take that much work. So, Hey, this is not a super chat, but it's related to what we've been talking about. Nate, I just want to read Nate's quote. Nate says, as a small Bible study leader, I told my wife three months ago that I was done and we would be sensitive to people, but we would start up. We started our group back up and we've added more to the group even. Yes. You know why? Because people are more hungry than ever right now for truth and for God, I think, this is my opinion, Christians, you are going to add more people to your fold if you're a Christian leader who decides to open your church because people are looking for meaning right now. We've been in this ridiculous lockdown for over six months. People are not going – we don't have a sense of normalcy. People are at home. Anxiety is increasing. Mental health disorders are increasing. Addictions increasing. Alcohol abuse 
domestic violence, all these problems that people are are dealing with. They are hungry for spiritual leaders. So yep. anyway, I wanted to read that because I think you did the yep. right thing. I think they're hungry for people who are state theist blasphemers, right? Like they're basically hungry for someone who will stand up to the state and be like, no, what? I don't worship the state. I don't. And I'm going to do my thing and I'm going to say no to the state. Uh, yeah. You, you know, you're reminding me um, something you said about the the woman and the kids going to the carnival. You're reminding me something about we talked about early on, another negative effect that I don't hear talked about a lot, but I, I mentioned before the show, um, my wife is in China right now and she was, you know, sequestered in our house for, I don't know, when did we start locking down? Like early February? January. Like, January? We were locked down in January. Yeah, maybe it was January. Yeah. We were locked down way before everyone else, right? So we're <laughs> super locked down. Uh, and we've been basically locked down. I mean, towards the end, I guess we went out a couple times because, you know, we got sick of all this stuff and, and the threat wasn't what we thought it was. But basically we've been locked down. She's been working from home. And uh, she, a couple weeks ago, she flew to China for work and she had to, you know, everyone on the plane had to take all like three different COVID tests and they had to be within 12 hours and all this. It was like crazy. And then she got to China and she was basically in a <laughs> hermetically sealed room for two weeks before they let her out into to the general population. Um, well. And the moment she got out into Gen Pop in China... <laughs> She got a, she got sick, not COVID, but like, and she was calling me. She's like, my immune system is just a, like, it's non-existent. <laughs> it's my immune system is yeah. non-existent because I've been yeah. stuck in these sanitized environments for six months. And uh, I, I think we're in for a problem. We're going to get out of these uh, if we ever get out of this phase. Um, and I've talked about the increased allergies and other stuff that will probably happen, but like we're our immune systems need a little bit of challenge. Otherwise they just kind of atrophy. And um, I'm not a doctor. I don't know if that's the right terminology, but they just kind of atrophy. And I I guess we just don't care. I don't know. (sighs) Let's do some, uh, let's do some super chats. (laughs) Uh, Elatus says, uh, I'm only going to patronize businesses that get the scarlet R on Yelp. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right, it it could backfire that way, where people are just intentionally go to the businesses that have been, uh, that have been mobbed. And I think if people start to see, the more people that see the craziness of this, I think the more that's likely to to happen. Okay, let me scroll. I think I got a decent amount of scrolling, but then I'll find find the next one. The next one. Yeah. There's a cluster. I'm, somewhere in there, somebody said they liked the way that it wasn't a super chat, but somebody said they liked when we argue passionately because it shows like how to how to have an arg- a constructive argument and then figure out like back down a little and figure out where we agree and try and understand each other better. So yeah, because we don't actually like hate each other and think we're evil for disagreeing. No. <laughs> uh, all right, Nanya Biz. Nanya Biz says uh, millennials are too externally focused and let dopamine-based short-term decisions drive behaviors. They can blame who raised them, but they collectively keep seeing the issue and repeating the behavior. Yeah, look, there's a mix of uh, personal responsibility and I'm sure influence of technology and environment. I mean, this this generation now, the generation of kids that are now growing up um, like teen as teenagers or whatever. I mean, I think you've seen 
suicide rates skyrocket, self-harm skyrocket, especially in girls, depression skyrocket. Yeah. Uh, and it's mostly social media. This is a, it, there's a, it, it's a very dangerous environment we've got going on right now. It's a social experiment that's never been done. I'm not a Luddite. I think Tran- social media is great. Transgenderism. But, yeah. Right, there's Tr- a. Transgender, which is different than transgender. Transgenderism. Right. right. But there's a lot, there's a lot of negative consequences of switching your, um, in fact, at the beginning of irreversible damage, uh, in the intro, uh, Abigail, forget her last name. She talks about, uh, how, Shriver. you know, Trevor in the eighties, you know, girls would hang out in person and she talked about the dynamic a little bit. And she talks about how different that is from now where all this stuff happens online and it's much more, uh, vicious and, and really harmful. So. Yeah, each generation's got its stuff to deal with, uh, but it doesn't mean that we doesn't mean that we forgive them for bad laws. <laughs> okay, two uh, a self defense law gives us twenty bucks and says other ways than confiscation. ATF recently informed firearm manufacturer Q LLC that an ATF's UQ's Honey Badger pistol was stabilizing brace. Several years ago, OSHA closed the U.S. last lead smelter. Yes, so they are going to go after that kind of stuff. And actually, when an ammunition can't be manufactured in the United States anymore, then they can just control it at the borders. Um, but, you know, I don't know, with 3D printing technology and other stuff, um, actually making bullets out of lead actually isn't that hard not to be a geek, but lead has got a very low melting point. It's still dangerous. you got to have uh, ventilation and and stuff because you don't want to breathe it but uh yeah you can still buy lead <laughs> so I've, uh, I've got the next one pirate okay. tomsky pirate tomsky thank you he says uh covid stuff is peeing me off the uk is starting lockdown again and it's doing nothing but destroying businesses stats are all about infection rates not death rate yeah isn't that an interesting sleight of hand that they've done they're yep. not talking about death rates anymore. Now they're talking about infection rates. Why? Because the death the death rate will not scare you. Yep. But the infection rate will. Right. Uh, Keith the Hat Guy. Thank you, Keith. Keith says the kidnap guy in 1933 Germany would have been handy to have, but in 1933 citizens would have wanted the FBI to stop him. 1934 was too late. Where's the line? <clears throat> That's the question. I don't know how to answer, but it's a. That's the question I'm trying to ask. It's a great question. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Well, it doesn't apply to Gretchen, though. I don't think that's what I mean. Is uh, yeah. I mean, there Gretchen's is no kid. A, yeah. yeah. There's no circumstance under which I think it was okay to try and plot to kidnap the governor <laughs> and kill her. Yeah, uh, the killing bothers me more than yeah. the kidnapping. Although Both. that's obvious. Okay, Chip, Chip Chairman. Chairman. Says, Second Amendment is already being chipped away by vengeful prosecutors. This is one, this is one of their angles. Yes. Yeah. We've seen you know, they, they are prosecuting people who are defending themselves, like the couple, the McCloskeys. Is that their name? Yep, McCloskeys. Yep. And actually, the other the other political office to care about other than sheriff is the DA, right? So, and that the DA is also elected generally, right? Uh, I think in most places, um, isn't it? Carrie, I think it's elected. I think so. In most places. I yeah. think it's elected everywhere. Yeah. So you control those two. It, the DA is probably necessary. Uh, but Sheriff is the front line. Helena Black, you want to do Helena Black's? She gives us $3 and a little emoji and says fist bump. Thank you, Helena. <laughs> 
Uh, we have Alan Reynolds. It says, is Carrie wearing a toupee? <laughs> no, it's a, my fancy hat. It's my birthday hat. So uh, <laughs> this is one I only get to wear when I dress up and go out. I don't usually wear it on the show, but today I decided to make it a happy day. And you talk to Anna Fisk? Tatiana. Hi, Tatiana. She says, hi, I'm late, but I'm here. Happy Friday. I love you. And Tax Tara, $10, says, our county sheriff is hosting a trunk or treat at their office on Halloween. We are going since it is a new community for us. I'm looking forward to taking my T-Rex and Plague Doctor. Great, Tax Tara. And, and I wanted to point this out. They're all about masks, mask, 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 right? So why are they canceling Halloween when almost everyone wears a mask? Like, put on, put on your mask, put on your Halloween costume. <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> it's a holiday in which you wear a mask. <laughs> it's the one time it would be kind of normal to wear a mask. Yeah. Do you want to do Shao uh, Chill? You do it. Uh, you do it. Uh, he or she gives us 10 bucks and says, I committed many sins at the altar of woke and carry a lot of guilt for the people I hurt while I was an SJW. This whole moment is honestly so hateful and it's why I'm voting Trump. I was a hundred percent wrong. Wow. That's me to a T. <laughs> I thought nice they were going to gonna you. mention you in there saying this is scary. Cause I know that's how you feel. I yeah. You feel. I committed a lot of sins at the altar of woke and I feel you and I understand what that's like. And there are a lot of us. Hey, I'm, I'm a, former SJWs all the time now. There's a lot of us leaving. So nice to meet you. Uh, seek understanding. Do you want to do that one? I might call that. Let's see. Uh, you do that one. I don't see it yet. Seek understanding uh, says, I just found you guys and I've been tuning in every morning to hang with you both. I wish I could find friends like you, IRL. Thanks, you guys. Well, we do want to figure out a way for our community to meet in real life. So uh, hopefully you will. But welcome and I love our community. I mean, I don't always agree with everyone and they don't always agree with me, but in general, we're an awesome community. And, uh, and frankly, thank you guys. Yesterday, I know, I know when we did our live stream with, um, with Justin that there was a lot to disagree with for many people and stuff, but I thought I didn't see, I didn't see a lot of name calling or a lot of like bile or anything like it, you guys argued but seemed pretty good in chat so i yeah appreciate that. i love our community we yeah. do have a if you want to try to find people near you i don't know how big it is yet if how likely it is yet but we do have a growing community people on our uh, telegram right carter in our unsafe space community and you can chat with people there and maybe meet some people near you so get on the telegram thing if you want to try and meet people in the community other than just talking to them in youtube chat you know yep. um let freedom ring America. Thank you. Gives us 10 bucks and says, if you're planning to defend your family and property with a firearm, be sure to know your local laws. By the way, Carter, where is the bow tie? <laughs> Hashtag where the bow tie. <laughs> I've got other ties I got to get through first. I'll wear the bow tie. I'll wear the bow tie. Thank I you. like that tie. Let freedom ring America is, is responsible for many of my ties now. So, uh, do you want to do the next one? Chip chairman. Uh, yeah, Chip Chairman says, oh, and my Opus hat predates Carrie's hat. Oh, okay. And says, happy birthday, too. Cool. Thank you. Thank you for the happy birthday wishes. I'm I'm having a, uh, a happy pre-birthday today already. So just hanging out with you guys has been fun. Today's been, I think, a pretty 
boom, boom, boom episode. We did three or four topics in a row. and I know. I yeah. know. How about Pirate Tomsky? You want to do Pirate Tomsky? I don't see that when you do it. He says, I'm going as Joe Biden for Halloween. Scare the <laughs> sheet out of everyone. <laughs> yeah, but if you go as Joe Biden, you might get lost and not know where you are. So bring a bring some handlers if you go as Joe Biden. <laughs> I was thinking of going as the Joaquin Phoenix Joker from last year's movie. Now, speak of someone who has some good observations and good ideas, but allows themselves to become monstrous and to engage in evil acts. That's a, that's a, that's a character that's just like that. Anyway, I was thinking Mm. of going as that character. I like the dance he does on the stairs. (laughs) What are you doing? What are you doing for Halloween? Nothing. Yeah, I don't, uh, I sometimes do, I don't know. Usually what I do is my daughter has, uh, I try and like, if she's doing something, I'll, sometimes I'll dress up like in some complimentary costume. Uh, just cause I don't, I don't go out to Halloween parties for adults. So the only Halloween interaction I have is like walking around trick or treating with her. So, That's uh, it. yeah, yeah. And is there, are you supposed to do other things as adults? It's a kid's. It's a kid's. Oh, I like to go to costume parties and stuff. Yeah. I don't it's you know. Sorry. It's fun getting like dressed up. And, I was Dr. Horrible anyway. one year. I have a Dr. Horrible outfit cool. with the gloves and the okay. goggles. Um, but uh, Samuel Burke gives us five bucks. Thank you, Samuel. Um, yeah. I think we're, I think we made it through our super chats. Yep. Maybe, maybe <sighs> somebody says Barb. Zach says Barbie. Maybe we should go as woke Barbie. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, I have to. Sorry, there's one more super chat that I want to say. Pirate Tomsky says, Carter, I'm looking forward to the 5th of November to watch V for Vendetta, one of my favorite films. Yeah. So what I have done in the past, although the primary party attendees have moved out of state, but what I did for a while with my friend Katrina and her husband was, and, and whoever else wanted to come over, is we would have... On November, the evening of November 4th, we had, a, I forget what time it was, but we know how long the DVD is or whatever, and we would start watching V for Vendetta so that at midnight, it was the 5th of November, and that's when Parliament blew up, and we would watch V for Vendetta every year, because I do love that movie. Uh, but maybe that's not the right thing to say after just having talked about the plot against Governor Whip. Well, no, it's it's art. That's the thing is I think we exercise some of our shadow self, as Jordan Peterson calls it. I think he gets that from Jung. But mm-hmm. you exercise some of that through or through entertainment, through we exercise our tribalism through sport. These, these are safer ways of exercising some of those darker uh, desires of our nature and not actually doing them in real life. I can really like the Joker character. And not bec- let myself become the Joker character. Right. In real I can life. really want to shoot I mean? Robert De Niro, but I would never do it. Right? Like you, you, <laughs> you sort of—it's the people who think that they are not capable of evil and who believe that they are unquestionably on the side of good that scare me. Yeah. And the people that would look at a character like that and and say, "Oh, that's so not me. I'm not like that," and 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 can never see themselves. At, as being someone capable of evil, those are the people that scare me. Like that's part of the reason I like true crime is I'm fascinated in what, in, in the, in our human ability to justify evil behavior. And I never want to be in a place where I start doing it again. And so 
whenever I watch something like, uh, who has it? Netflix has a documentary out now about, gosh, that awful, that case, that guy in Colorado, Chris Watts, who killed his wife, his pregnant wife one. and two kids happened okay. two years ago. And when I watch something like that, part of me is trying to figure out the, the psychology and, and the justification and the humanness behind something so evil like that. And if you, if you can't watch that and get, uh, I, I don't know, recognize the darker side of, of human nature and say, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I guess, I guess if you can't see your shadow self, if you can't see any part of it, you're not aware of it. Then I think you are someone like Chris Watts. I think you are someone who is capable of doing that because you think you're not. Well, Does that makes sense. We, we, yeah, no, we all are, and I think something else Jordan Peterson says, and I don't know if he got this from you also, but um, you should be dangerous. You should have. You should be capable of being dangerous. It just means you, you. A good person just has it under control, right? They're they're not using it, but. Um, I, I I think there's even a role for that dark self, not in like a sadistic way, but you know when you're called upon, for example, to defend people that you love, sometimes you need to do dark things, right? Like in I mean I'm trying to think of a just war, for example, right, where you know you're being invaded or whatever. Like you've you've got to do things that shouldn't make you feel comfortable but you've got to tap into that being dangerous is part of being human and recognizing that you have that capability and uh keeping it under control is the mark of being civilized right that's yeah that's, that's being mature is, is knowing that you have control. that but you're not going to unleash it because uh you're yeah, involved. it's it's acknowledgement, it's acknowledgement and control, and you can't have control if you don't even have acknowledgement. Right, right. Uh, so, uh, pe- people who are blind, who who are who are sort of self deluded and lying even to themselves and hiding part of themselves, it, those people are the people that I think end up doing things like that because they they're just living in self delusion about what they're capable of. I don't know. Yeah. Um, we, we should wrap up soon. Yes. Uh, let's see. Let's do that. We have a couple more super chats. Okay. Tatiana Fisk yeah. says, my youngest is going as Michael, the archangel. He's going to fight the evil in the world. Nice. Does, does Michael wear a mask though? Cause Maria Tuscan. Hey Maria. Maria says, happy birthday, Carrie. I don't know where I'd be without both of you. You've been such a blessing. Maria. We love you. Uh, I love you, Maria. And, and I think and you were I, one of the, Bravest, most sincere, authentic, kind-hearted people that I've been blessed to get to know in the past couple of years. So, thank you. Yes, and and Maria, I know it's I know it sucks. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Don't run away and hide in Montana. I mean, eventually, but you're not alone. You're not alone, Maria. <sighs> It's it's depressing sometimes. It's depressing sometimes to look out and see the world falling apart and be like, "Where's the same? Where are the same people? Where are the people who who don't want to just uh, burn everything to the ground?" <sighs> All right, next one. You want to do okay. VPs? You've done you've done you've done your your allotted amount of sighing. 
<laughs> Sorry, I sigh a lot lately. I don't know oh, what it I is. I know. I know. It's I kind of wish really I could stop, but it's, I'm not conscious of it. I mean, I should work on it. Do you want to do VP's no, uh, super chat? VP, yeah, says Kara, you should watch the channel, the YouTube channel, Profiling Evil. Thank you. I will look at that. It sounds like you know what I might be interested in. Uh, and I think that's it. I I wanted to end on a funny note since we were talking about Woke Barbie. Yes. And this is one time where I think SNL was funny in the past couple years, and they're not really funny at all anymore. But yep. there's a sketch they did with, oh, gosh, is it uh, Keenan? What's his name? You know what I'm talking about? No. Keenan Thompson? No. Yeah. Keenan Thompson is playing a Mattel executive who works on the Barbie line and they're interviewing three millennials for the job of social media, like Instagram account holder and, and so or social media intern. And so they have these three people who are having to come up with captions for Barbie pictures and it's not woke at all. The sketch is not woke. It is hilarious. Go and watch that if you want to have a Barbie palette cleanser. <laughs> anyway, just thinking about it makes me laugh. <laughs> uh, on that note, anyway, I think we should tell note. everyone to have a great weekend. And uh, this has been over two hours, this episode. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, my battery's dying. Yeah. And you have a birthday to celebrate. <clears throat> so I got a birthday. Woo-hoo. Yeah. So have a great birthday weekend. Thank you, Carter. Thank else. you guys for joining us. Just have a great hey, final uh, rem- reminder. We're doing screw tape letters by C.S. Lewis for book mm. club. You can find out information at unsafespace.com on the book club page. Our discussion is going to be on October 18th. You can also figure out how to join the discussion. If you want to be a part of it, it'll be a live discussion. Uh, the book we're doing after that is going to be nonfiction. It's called the management of savagery by Max Blumenthal. If you want to get started on that book. And if you want to support us financially, you can go to the donate page on unsafespace.com or you can go to our subscribe star if you want to pledge monthly if you want to get an unsafe space mug you have to contribute at the 25 dollars level and what else oh we have t-shirts we have a t-shirt with carter's face on it i think i apologize that we have it you blame beverly and carrie uh and actually becky i love it for the t-shirt with my face on it i apologize yeah yeah cool thank you guys (laughs) all right Have a good weekend, Carrie, and everyone else. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you on Monday for Kofefi Break. Thanks for watching. If you're new to the channel, we have a deep content library that includes interviews with everyone from Mike Cernovich to Megan Murphy, so go check it out. If you'd like to see more, please consider supporting the show by visiting unsafespace.com slash donate. You can find us on all the major social media platforms, at least for now, and you can find a community of like-minded individuals on our Unsafe Space chat on Telegram. See you there. Warning, this is an unsafe space dangerous ideas have been detected. The content of this production has not been authorized by the cathedral. Pay no attention to it. For your protection, the following co-conspirators have been unpersoned and marked for cancellation.
please avoid any contact with these individuals. I have calculated a 93.8% chance that their thoughts are highly contagious. If you think about it, no one should be allowed to express opinions. But don't. Think about it, I mean. That's not your job. Thinking has been scientifically proven to be less efficient than compliance. Without the government, who would borrow money from your grandchildren? Computer voice Curtis, never mind, that last line is fake news. Please disregard it and return to your safe space immediately. There will be cake.